0: Hello and welcome to this week's Ocean State Sidelines podcast. I my name is Brendan McGuire, sports writer with the Pawtucket Times. Win Cole, once again joined by my co-pilot Will Gagan, sports editor of the South County Independent. We're recording this on Friday morning after a big, big night on the Art Rhode Island high school boys basketball scene.
1: <laughs> Indeed, it was a big night. Uh, about as crazy a night as there's ever been in the in the state basketball tournament. Uh, since 2011, uh, there have been you know, a few upsets here and there, but we had never seen a 16 seed over 1, and we saw it last night.
0: We did see that last night. Cumberland, a fellow Division I team, taking out the uh, top seed, the three-time defending state champion, Bishop Hendricken at Cranston East. But that wasn't the only uh, big news of the night. We saw East Greenwich coming off a D2 uh, championship. They lost. Narragansett, the regular season champion, they lost as well. Well, am I missing anybody else?
1: Uh, I mean, a mild upset in the, the nine over the eight with Tollgate beating Wheeler, uh, which is, that's all on the left side of the bracket with uh, Hendricken going down with Barrington beating Narragansett and, and Wheeler over Tollgate. So things have, have gone a little wild here in the state tournament. It's quite a night and it was really funny, we were both at North Kingstown and uh we you could hear kind of the word was rippling through the crowds that that had gone down I one of the one socket players was walking past the LaSalle locker room LaSalle guys were peeking out to see what the score was and he was like hey did you guys hear Henrik lost so everyone was was just you know it just kept into that sort of March Madness feel of, of seeing something big happen and and also seeing opportunity for themselves
0: Absolutely. And uh, you mentioned, like, we haven't seen a night like this. And, you know, you go back to that first year of the term, the 2011 one, I think North Providence and Terridan, they both made it to the finals that year. Yep. You know, North Smithfield in 2013, they were a Division three team. They made it to the Final Four. But, you know, maybe even since then, and maybe my mind is escaping me at the moment, we haven't seen so many upper echelon seeds bite the bullet like yeah.
1: this. Yeah. Yeah. I don't remember, especially in the first round, I, you've seen, I think, the. The number one seed went down has gone down in the elite eight uh, maybe a time or two like you said North Smithfield made that run but it's been a while since we've seen a Cinderella and and there's a there's a possibility of at the Ryan Center a 16 seed a, a 13 seed you could you could see some some crazy stuff so let, let's talk about that Cumberland game first of all uh, Cumberland over Hendrick and Jackson Zancan was the star for the Clippers and uh, just proof that I mean Cumberland was not not. This isn't a NCAA Tournament 16 seed, this isn't a team from the the Southland Conference. <laughs> you know, they're not
0: from the Sun Belt and yes. they all of a sudden are sneaking up on everyone's radar here. But uh, this was the third time, Will, in like three, four weeks that the, they had faced Hedrickin. Yep. So that means everybody knew about each other at this point. It was more about who was going to impose their will. Right. And if there were adjustments to be made, who was going to make them the quickest. Yep. And, you know, to Cumberland's credit, they had foul trouble with Jackson Zancan down the stretch. You know, they went in uh, offense, defense lineup, and they just, you know, they stayed close, they stayed close, they made shots. You know, we weren't at the game, but you know, you get the feeling that Cumberland did what other teams probably did not do against Hendrickson this year, making them a jump shooting team. You know, Hendrickson's athleticism, very good, high off the charts. Everything they seemed to score was layup after layup. But you, know, you force them to the perimeter, and that's where the Hawks tend to struggle.
1: Yep, they were not a great outside shooting team this year. They also didn't have a, a huge inside presence, uh, which is why you could see a guy like Zankan kind of take advantage and, and kind of dominate the paint. The other thing about this matchup, we were just talking about this, Cumberland had to win a play-in game to get to the tournament. And also, would have been a different seed if East Greenwich hadn't made the buzzer beater in the D2 final. So that is how Cumberland ends up matched up
0: with Hendrickson. And also, too, you go a step further, there was a forfeit on Hope's part that resulted in Cumberland getting key power points that allow them to just get into the discussion. So, you know, sometimes you need some luck yep. to even get into the mix, but, you know, last night you just got to tip your hat to the Clippers. You know, Gary Reedy, outstanding job against, uh, you know, the state's uh, pre- premier power.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And they'll be looking for a second straight trip to the Ryan Center, which is pretty remarkable given given who they lost from last year.
0: You know, losing uh, Tyler Kolig, he had a great year at uh, St. George's. You move up a division this yeah. year. You finish 9-9 nine and nine during the regular season after getting off to a very good start. They kind of uh, dipped a little bit in January going into February, but they just uh, they found a way. And uh, they will... Live to fight another day, mm-hmm. as will a few other teams as well.
1: Yep, so they also on that side of the bracket, Tollgate bounced back from their uh, their tough D3 championship game loss to beat Wheeler in the 8 9 game, so it'll be Cumberland versus Tollgate. When Socket prevailed over LaSalle in a defensive battle, 42 29, at one point when Socket hadn't scored for eight minutes and was still winning the game. So. It, was,
0: it was unbelievable. They yes. got off to a slow start to begin the game, they got off to a slow start. To begin the second half, but defense was the calling card for the Novens on this night. You know, I thought LaSalle did a great job of making the game their style, Mm -hmm. muddy, dirty, down to the gritty, and when Socket responded by getting down with their defensive self as well, usually they like to score up into the 70s, pushing the 80s, forcing the tempo, but they hung their hat on the defensive end, and that's a credit to the players, understanding, okay, our shots aren't falling, but... We can still win this game if we play lockdown defense. Yeah,
1: that's a tough thing to do for a team that's usually, like you say, scoring 80 points. Uh, so impressive stuff for Edwin Socket, who is now the highest remaining seed on that side of the bracket uh, because Barrington took down Narragansett, the fourth seed in Mariners. Uh, just, you know, just didn't, when you go you go back to the D2 final and this game, just didn't really make The plays didn't make the big shots they needed to win these games. They are both super close games. Obviously, one would have gone to overtime if not for a buzzer beater. This one goes to overtime. Uh, But Narragansett just couldn't quite get over the hump. I think it's a case of uh, sort of their their inexperience that didn't really catch up to them in the regular season, maybe catching up to them in the playoffs a little bit, guys who weren't necessarily on the court for last year's uh, championship win. You could see that a little bit. And credit to Barrington, too. They made some big shots. They had big-time foul trouble. Their two top scorers fouled out with a, you know, still in regulation before we even got to overtime. Uh, but I think it's Ryan Bono kind of uh, took over for them in, in the overtime period and um, really made some plays
0: um, for Barrington, so they move on as well. But uh, another game, uh, North Kingstown taking out Pontaganser. Probably the easiest uh, test of the night, uh, 96-52. The uh, skippers, the D one champs, they are the highest seed now.
1: They are the highest seed. They are the prohibitive favorite at this point, and clearly playing well. I mean, Pontiac was the basically the last team in the field, even though Cumberland was a, a lower seed. Uh, Pontiac was the third team from D three in the field, and North Kingstown just just rolled the rolled to a win, ninety six fifty two in that game. So they'll take on Westerly which beat the D3 champ, Mount Hope, with a strong finish. It was a good performance by Westerly after they had an early exit in the D2 tournament. And then down in the bottom of that bracket, you've got two really good D1 teams who, uh, who survived through to the Elite Eight, Mount Pleasant beat Shea, and Cranston East, as
0: we mentioned, beat the D2 champ, East Greenwich. I think, you know, just looking at it to uh, Sunday, Will, you know, obviously I'll be at uh, to see Cumberland, Tollgate, and socket Barrington. You'll be there to see North Kingston at I think the best game of the day will be that Mount Pleasant-Cranston East game. Yeah, I
1: would agree completely. It's kind of similar teams, really athletic, really physical D1 style basketball Uh, I think that'll be a really good game and could look ahead a little bit to a a potential semifinal with either of those teams against NK if they can get past westerly that would be a very good game as well Um, you know the other thing about this this craziness uh, so the teams that are still alive in the bracket among them the last championship state championship was Mount Pleasant in 2003 so we have a new state champ guaranteed. Uh, it's been a lot of Hendrickson since then, and St. Ray's Central Classical LaSalle, uh, but
0: none of those teams uh, will be there this year. And potentially, just looking ahead to the Ryan Center, you know, if we could have another Cumberland Woonsocket uh, matchup, yes. would be for the fourth time <laughs> this year. You know, they met twice during the regular season, once during the uh, Boys and Girls Club uh, tournament over the Christmas break, and. No strangers to each other, but uh, first things first, they have to get through their respective Elite Eight tests on Sunday. They do. So that's Sunday
1: at CCRI, full slate of games 12 2, 4, and 6. So let's move on to the, uh, the girls' state tournament where there's been a little less, uh, less drama, less uh, a lot more chalk. Uh, the only upset in the first round of the girls' state tournament was a mild one. Number nine seed Bayview beat number eight Johnston. And that was a battle of two D1 teams, so really not not much of an upset there. Otherwise, you had the top seed LaSalle blown past Pilgrim. Uh, the number two seed South Kingstown cruised over Central. D2 champ Classical uh, survived Westerly, the sixth seed, against St. Rays, the three seed, and you had Situate and
0: Barrington uh, rounding out the Elite Eight. Well, you were at that uh, North Kingstown St. Ray's game the other night. Uh, it, it was close one for it, most of the way, but uh, St. Ray's just pulled ahead
1: late. It was, yes. Uh, NK did a lot of what it wanted to do defensively, but didn't really make a lot of shots, especially in the second half, and St. Ray's did uh, made some nice plays and played a lot better offensively in the second half than it did in the first, so they move on. That matchup and, and a couple others was, uh, I think, I think a lot of D1 coaches wished the bracket had, kind of shaken out a little differently you had bayview against johnston 2d1 teams portsmouth against barrington 2d1 teams N K versus st ray's 2d1 teams any of those teams could have moved on any of those teams could have been at the ryan center and instead
0: it's you know three out of the out of those six like you said a lot of chalk in that and uh those games will be tomorrow afternoon saturday at ryan college and like the boys, they'll be looking for trips to the Ryan Center as well for the Final Four.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yep. LaSalle and Bayview kick things off at noon, then Situate-Barrington, South Kingstown Classical at four, and Westerly-St. Ray's in the nightcap. Uh, and then the, on to the Ryan Center next weekend. South Kingstown will be looking for a, a trip back home, and, and, and also looking for another rematch against LaSalle, who uh, was the, the D1 champ
0: and beat the Rebels for that title. So we will turn our attentions now to the college basketball scene. It is the final weekend for the regular season for the URI Rams and the PC Friars. Uh, for the Friars, they have a noontime game against uh, Butler on Saturday. They are looking right now at playing that play-in game on Wednesday night of the Big East tournament next Wednesday. I don't know how much more they can do to really go up or down at this point, but uh, you know you want to go into the Big East tournament with a little bit of momentum you know a lot of teams have said over the course of the conference play that the Friars could be a dangerous team that nobody wants to play during Big East and uh, they have another chance to kind of reaffirm that with a performance against a Butler team that they just saw as recently as last week.
1: Yeah you know PC has had a lot made a lot of magic in New York at Madison Square Garden uh, in the Big East tournament and that's that's what they're looking for this year that's what it comes down to for them you know coming off the loss to Creighton. They just beat Butler, trying to build a little momentum for that game on Saturday, and then really just try to carry that momentum into the Big East Tournament. It's going to be a long road for them, ending up in that Wednesday game. Uh, that, is, that is tough. That's four games in four days if you want to win the thing. Uh, but the Big East has been wide open the whole year, and I, I think PC is dangerous. Uh, just gotta—they've gotta find a way to score, basically.
0: Yeah, they do, and uh, you know they were coming off a uh, overtime loss at Creighton when uh, you know you know they hung tough, hung tough, but uh, you know Creighton very good offensive team. You saw the difference between what's been good about PC during the conference play and what hasn't been good. Creighton—they just exploded. Like I think they scored seventeen points in the overtime period to pull away. Very impressive showing, but just uh, backing up your point about the uh, the Big East. I believe as we look at the standings here, we have one, two, three, four, five teams at eight and nine. Yeah. So there's a lot of things that can shake out right here. Yeah,
1: absolutely. Who knows? I mean, and even, even Marquette, who's been kind of the, the king this year, they, they just went down to Seton Hall. You've obviously Villanova, but Villanova hasn't been at the level they've been in the past couple of years. So the Big East tournament's going to be very interesting.
0: We'll shift gears to the uh, Rhodey Rams. They're at home on Saturday. They have a rematch with a UMass team that kind of, I thought, will put them in a little bit of a funk. They had been playing well going into that game. They went in a little bit of a spiral. They come out of it recently and they have a chance to, like you said, uh, with uh, regards to PC, right the ship here going into a 10 play at Brooklyn.
1: Yeah, I mean, URS playing their best basketball of the year. They picked the right time. Uh, you know, they had the blowout loss of VCU and then a loss to Davidson that, that got their losing streak to five in a row. Since It was really that that game against Davidson, they sort of identify as where things started to turn around. They felt good about their effort. They felt good about the way they played. They can come out and blow out George Washington and then two overtime wins over Dayton and St. Joe's on the road. Big, big victories for this team. Uh, and they're playing well. They're playing confident. Uh, and they also have Fats Russell going at this point. 41 points on Tuesday against St. Joe's, which I'm sure you heard about, unless you've been living under a rock and not paying attention to basketball lately, <laughs> big big night for Fats and uh, who's, who's you know he says he's feeling confident, he's feeling good. If you or I can can get another victory here, their seating is all set. They're going to be the the eight, regardless of what happens, but they'll try to uh, pick up a win over UMass and head into the A
0: ten as basically the hottest team in the field. I mean, this is the best shooting. U R I had uh, you know we're talking about the St Joe's game 11 threes. I don't think they've had that many since uh, playing Bryant yep. and that was that that game probably seems like it seems like eons ago, but uh, much has been talked about U R I and its ship uh, shooting woes especially from deep. So that's obviously a good sign as they head down the stretch here the regular season going into uh, A-10 conference play.
1: Yeah, I mean, sometimes the shots go in, and once they start going in, sometimes you just keep rolling, and I think that's what's happening with Uri right now. They have to, I think, be careful not to get away from uh, kind of what what has allowed them, what's set the stage for this, which is defense and effort, because uh, they still don't have a big margin of error. But, um, yeah, they'll uh, they'll be looking to keep it rolling against UMass on Saturday. As
0: uh, the Friars and Rams get ready for uh, trips to New York, the Bryant Bulldogs are putting away the basketballs for the season. They were eliminated from the NEC tournament uh, early this week, sixty-seven to sixty-three against the top seed St. Francis U. No shame at all in that regard. Uh, I think uh, Coach Grasso told me on the phone the other day that uh, a number one, number eight seed has never beaten a number one in this tournament. So, but to go there to hang tough nothing uh, but uh, positives for this Bryan team this year. You know, they, you know, double, triple, win their win total. You know, only uh, didn't make the NEC tournament a year ago. A lot of their key pieces are coming back next year. So, only things uh, you can say about Bryan this year is that they took a step in the right direction. The challenge is to build on it going into next season, which will be Jared Grasso's second year he gets the benefit of a full off season under his belt.
1: Yeah, the way this this year started for them to end on a, a relatively high note and, and be heading in the right direction, big for Bryant. Uh, and then Brown, two games left in the regular season, still chasing that, uh, that fourth spot in the Ivy League tournament. Right now they are in fourth place, the top four teams qualify for the tournament. Uh, They are six and six in the league. Penn is five and seven. Cornell is five and seven, and Brown closes out the season on Saturday against
0: Penn. So, uh, certainly shaping up to be a big game there. So we'll close this week's uh, episode of Ocean State Sidelines with a little college commitment news. Congratulations to uh, Cumberland High senior Cole Hooper, who committed to join the track program at the University of Wisconsin (laughs) next year. Yes. (laughs) The interesting thing about Cole is that he took all five of his official visits, Hmm. which are like, you know, NCA mandated or granted, and going out to Wisconsin, he took an unofficial one.
1: Oh, interesting. And And that uh, was the the school he picked. That
0: was the school he picked. And uh, it was, I guess, uh, Wisconsin, they saw his performance at the state meet in the uh, hammer throw. He finished second. They were intrigued. They brought, uh, he went out there, and by Sunday, by the time he returned home, he could see himself as a badger.
1: Throwers continue to be Rhode Island's top sports export, pretty much. <laughs> it just keeps happening year after year. Also, shout out to uh, the St. Andrews basketball team, which won the uh, NEPSAC Class AA title over Cushing. Uh, That team included uh, a local guy, Keegan Records from South Kingstown. He was actually out sidelined uh, by injury for the championship game but had a big year for them and he'll be looking to make a college commitment soon.
0: So that will do it for this week's episode of Ocean State Sidelines. We'll be back with uh, more hoops recaps next week. We'll look ahead to the uh, conference tournaments for the uh, URI Rams and the PC Friars and other things that might pop up as well.
1: Yep, we got plenty going on, and uh, lots of basketball. Probably some hockey too. Uh, it's getting down to that time of year. We're gonna have to have Brandon Mellow on the podcast. Next yes, week.
0: we'll have to uh, bring him in uh, as a uh, as our puck expert. <laughs> yes.
1: All right. Thanks for listening, everybody.